0: the pure dead gaming podcast hello and welcome to podcast number two from pure dead gaming first of all a massive thank you to everyone who's downloaded and listened to our first episode we were absolutely blown away by the response um, the podcast is now available to listen to on apple podcast and google podcast as well so if you listened and enjoyed it please do leave us a review as it really helps support the podcast and help spread the word if you haven't listened to the first episode, please do go back and give it a download. We discussed some great games that came out of 2020 and narrowed down and debated our top 10. New episodes will be released every Thursday, so please do make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any future podcast episodes and you can schedule them into your week to listen to. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Jessica and I'm joined by my partner in partner in crime, partner in life, we are a couple, um, Craig, who is games reviewer for VDZ eMedia. How are you today,
1: Craig? I am very good.
0: Seems a bit strange asking you that since we live together and we do see each other every day.
1: Yeah, we, we do talk off air from time to time in our daily lives, but uh, yeah, doing good. Uh, as you said, the response to the first episode was brilliant. I mean, I was I was blown away, to be honest. Um did expect a, a few lessons, but I mean, it's certainly far away, blew away my expectations and I hope that we can both keep the momentum going and build on it for the future.
0: So you celebrated a birthday this week, Craig, didn't you? It was obviously a lockdown birthday, as we're here in Scotland.
1: That's correct. Uh, as it was a lockdown birthday, I've decided not to count it. So for the next I year... Don't, no,
0: I, that doesn't work.
1: That's exactly how it <laughs> works. So for the next year, I will still be 35. It's a good round number.
0: Yeah, but as I think I mentioned, you're closer to 40 now.
1: It depends where it depends how you take that. If you take it from 30 to 40, yes. But if you go in fives, I'm closer to 35.
0: No, you're pushing 40. Let's just...
1: Pushing 40 is a bit harsh. Oh, you look it? Well, thanks. Some people say you're only as young as you touch. <laughs> Who
0: says that? <laughs> people.
1: People say it.
0: Okay, so what else have you been up to this week for the benefit of our listeners? Eh, uh,
1: not too much. Working, for the most part, I did manage to get my birthday off, which was a bit of a rarity, actually. Um, I've said this story many times, but going back to, all the way back to school, the 8th of January, which is what my birthday is, used to be the day you would go back to school. Mm-hmm. It was either the 7th or the 8th would be the day you'd go back to school. And I used to be scunnered because it, you'd be in such a downer coming off the Christmas holidays. and um, And it was just like, it was almost like back to school and it's your birthday, there you go. Take that. Um and even after I left school, it just so happened that almost every year I'd be working. I remember there was one year, uh it was not that long after we got together, so probably about eight or nine years ago, and I finally thought I was getting it off. It would be one of the first birthdays I'd ever had off because it was uh falling on a Sunday and then I get the phone call on a Friday, emergency, you need to go to Strunra. As if anyone would want to go to Strunrahr. And uh, I had to go up there and spend the day up there on my birthday. So I finally got off this year and got to sit and play some games, so that was pretty good. And obviously, in the last week since the podcast, you've had the delight of homeschooling our two lovely children. How's that going?
0: I have, yes. So schools virtually went back in Scotland this week, so I've been juggling that. Um, I'm fortunate to be off this time around um, compared to the previous lockdown, so I do have more time to devote, shall we say, Um, but I'm sure all parents will agree that it's bloody hard. Um, You're in your home environment, and so trying to make that a learning environment isn't a quick switch, Um, but we're not putting too much pressure on ourselves, um, and we've actually utilised some games as a teaching resource. Um, I really think that incorporating children's interest helps them learn, um which is why I mean I know video games have generally got mixed reactions from parents. Some worry that if we allow our kids to play video games they'll end up violent or addicted, which is obviously largely debatable. Um but I do think playing games offers some advantages. It can help hand eye coordination development. If you go and watch the latest let's play video on the VDZD Media YouTube channel, we don't,
1: need, we don't need to talk about you'll
0: it. see that in practice. <laughs> Already had comments about <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, they also like help devise strategies and things like that among you know other skills. Um, or your child could also get so good that they learn to code and design games. Or that fifteen-year-old Fortnite guy that won like a million pounds. Remember that? That's not a bad
1: way to start your adult life. Yeah. With a million pound in your back pocket. I take that. Yep. I take that. I'd take it off him if he won it.
0: So yeah, I think I just think games as a teaching method do offer like a real chance to see results of decision making in real time and they offer a kind of different kind of motivation to learn. And one game that we've we've played this week is City Skylines, which if you don't know is like a city planning game. Like planning, building and managing the infrastructure is basically the bread and butter of the game and is the the mayor, is that who you are? I don't you are like the I
1: suppose you're yeah. a sort of invisible mayor, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You need to not only like build the roads and zone areas but provide crucial services to residents like hospitals, schools and bin lorries and things like that. So it makes the process of like understanding city construction and planning much more tangible for children which is why I thought it was a good good idea to play it. Um, and you know, if your choices lead to congested gridlocks the game will let you know why and always provide you tools to fix any problems. Um, obviously some of it is perhaps a bit beyond the level of our children and the ages they're at. But, it, you know, it's a fun game. And certainly for, for older students studying, like, geography and things like that, I think it'd be, be you know, a fun learning um, experience for them.
1: I mean, I, I can remember back when we first got into it. Yeah, got when addicted, it. First, I, it? And the two of us just were playing it like mad. And we were, we were literally going to Asda for some food and being like, this is definitely a red area. This is a red area for the traffic This They need to get this sorted out. Need to contact. I'd, be, I'd be building an overpass, will oh, this needs This needs a second exit. We need to contact the council. We were in deep, really deep. Yeah. Was deep. Aye. That was another game that I basically had to cut myself off from because I was getting nothing done. Yeah. Uh, to the point where when you had sent Nathan up with it and I think you'd, you'd maybe went out or something like that and he was asking me for some help and I was just sitting looking at the screen, and this is all just knowledge that has escaped my head. <laughs> I I don't know how to play the game anymore, and I loved it. I must have put about fifty hours into the thing, but see now, I I wouldn't have been able to do anything in it. Like I just would just wait for your mum to come home.
0: Yeah, um, we're gonna play Guitar Hero at some point this week as well. I am not musical in any shape or form, but um, I'm a rapper. So you're. But yeah, again, I think like the coordination and timing and stuff like that are skills that you can hopefully pick up through playing that. I would like to get my hands on the Ubisoft Assassin's Creed Discovery Tour, remember they brought that out?
1: Yeah. And it's basically
0: mm-hmm. like ancient Egypt and I think ancient Greece, um, and it's like you can go and do tours and pick up like artifacts and yep. things like that. So I think that would be a really good game and I think he'll enjoy it because he's quite into that kind of stuff. Although you know, obviously, there is a fine line. Like, we don't want him playing actual Assassin's Creeds.
1: No, there was one time he tried to let himself loose on it, and we had to had to rein him in.
0: Yeah, I think the word in itself, assassin. You know, we don't want him.
1: <laughs> I know there's going to come a point where we'll be like, what does that mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't... that's that's been my week that's, that's so far.
1: So far, it's only Tuesday. There's plenty. I mean, with the way twenty twenty one's going, <laughs> anything could happen before episode three. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so our last episode was all about the year 2020, and this one is about 2021. We're going to take a look at the year ahead and some of the most anticipated games to be released, and perhaps some predictions. Um, but before we do that, let's jump into some news that's been happening this week.
1: So yeah, the only bit of gaming news that I wanted to point out since uh, the first episode actually came earlier today by way of Twitter. It was from Bethesda, and they announced that they are they have a new Indiana Jones game in development. It's a while since we've had an Indiana Jones game. I would imagine the last one was uh, the Lego game, which was a good few years ago now. It's actually Machine Games that are making it, which is really interesting because their previous games all sort of revolve around the Wolfenstein franchise. Now, they've done really well with The New Order, Old Blood, which was a standalone DLC, and especially, I thought, The New Colossus, despite its difficulty... It was an excellent game. They did, in my opinion, stumble a little bit with Youngblood, which was a more co-op-focused one. I played maybe a couple hours of it, but I just didn't enjoy it. But the fact that they're making an Indiana Jones game, it really does interest me, because all their games to this point have been first-person, and I don't see how you're going to make a first-person Indiana Jones game. I think it's going to have to be more along the lines of like a third-person, Uncharted-style game and that's sort of, yeah, well, it'll need to be that. So it'll be outside of their normal wheelhouse, and I'm really interested to see how they tackle it. The one bit of the sort of announcement that did give me pause was the quote in the tweet that said, it'll be some time before we have more to reveal. Now, Bethesda have had some stick over the last few years for announcing games too early. Back when they released Fallout Four, it was a really good cycle because they announced it and released the game six months later, and it didn't let fans sort of expectations run wild. But a couple of years ago, they announced both Starfield and The Elder Scrolls Six. Neither of these games have come out yet. Starfield might come in twenty twenty one. I don't think it will. I think it will be twenty twenty two, and then God only knows when we're going to see Elder Scrolls Six. So, fans have been getting a bit impatient with having to wait for this, so I feel like they've jumped the gun a little bit, announcing this game when it's clearly so early in development. But, at the same point, an Indiana Jones game is exciting, and I think it's it's going to be really good. I, I trust the studio, uh, it's a very well-known IP, a beloved IP, and it may be 2024, before we get it, but I think when we do it will be worth the wait. I just think they might have wanted to hold off till much closer to release before before announcing it.
0: Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to, you know, find out more as as time goes on. Definitely. So in terms of the past week, let's move on to what we've been playing.
1: Okay, as I said, I have had quite a bit of time for gaming in the last week, so I have went through quite a few games. I'm still playing Cyberpunk 2077. Short uh,
0: quarter.
1: <laughs> I'm no closer to to being done with it to be Shock honest. Short quarter. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to make this thing last as long as possible. Uh I was checking the the new PlayStation f- uh, 5 sorry tracking and it says that I've just surpassed 100 hours. I also looked into it to see that I basically have six main missions left to go. But still, loads of side content, and I'm planning to do most of that before finishing the story.
0: If you haven't listened to the previous episode, then do go back and listen, and you'll hear Craig talk about his love for this game.
1: Yeah, I really do. Um, I, nothing's really changed. I still can't give it a recommendation because I know so many people are still having issues with it. But it, I continue. I mean. I can't. Th- I must have put at least fifteen hours into it since since we recorded the last podcast, and I haven't had so much as a minor glitch since then. I I think I'm just being really lucky, but it's working really really well for me. The 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 next gen version's still going to be a lot better. It is I mean the the roads aren't as populated as they should be. The graphics, while really good at times, could be better at others. So that stuff is going to come with the next gen upgrade. So even though I haven't been having issues, there still is better to come. But it's got it's got the makings of an incredible, incredible game. So yeah, I've been putting some some hours into Cyberpunk, but I have also been dipping into some Game Pass games. I have always been a big fan of point and click games, and with Microsoft's purchase of Double Fine a few years ago, it has meant that some of the greatest point-and-click games ever have made it onto Game Pass, so I downloaded Full Throttle Remastered, um, which it's certainly dated at this point, but I have a lot of nostalgia for it, so I played through that. I'm also trying to up my gamer score at the moment, because after um, Microsoft sent us that Xbox through, I started a new Xbox account, and it's... It's embarrassing when you start off with zero gamer score. So I'm making my way through um, a couple of different games for that. So I played through and got the 1000G in full throttle. But once I was finished that, it hadn't fully scratched the itch. So I decided to go back to another Double Fine game. And it's actually my favourite point and click game of all time, Grim Fandango. A game that I've waxed lyrical about in the past. Uh, For anyone doesn't know, it's another Double Fine game, Tim Schafer game, uh, about a skeleton, basically, Manny Calavera, who uh, is living in the land of the dead, and he is a salesman who sells tickets to get people into heaven. Uh, it's wild, just a crazy game you play over across four years. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. It must be... I was trying to sort of figure out how many times... I have completed this game over the years. I think it came out in nineteen ninety eight. I still have the original disc for the PC. Do you? Uh, um, it's in some state because it came in like a sort of paper, like a sort of cardboard uh, box, and I'll always keep it. I'll, honestly, it's one of my favourite games ever. But um, it must—it's at least a dozen times I've completed this game. But I but didn't... you still
0: had to ask me for help.
1: There's one puzzle that's particularly <laughs> annoying and difficult. It's every game's got a negative, and I said that on Twitter, actually, and this was the one negative of Grim Fandango, but um, just a brilliant game. So I also picked up the 1000G on that. Aside from that, played a little bit more PES 2021. That's, to be honest, I'll probably not even mention that each week because that's just a sort of staple. Uh, there's not a week goes by where I don't play a couple of hours of some football game, but it's just some more master league or career mode content. It's not really worth. It's not really worth getting into, to be honest. The other game, the the final game that I did play this week that I'd like to speak about was is actually a game that Chris on Twitter re brought to my attention. It's a game called Rain Swept. I was sent a code for this game when it first came out, but at the time I was literally drowning in games and I just didn't get around to it. So it sort of sat in my library, um, but I saw that he'd been playing it, he was tweeting about it, um, and it just it brought it back into my mind because it really did look very interesting. Um, it sort of kept me going on this point and click adventure sort of kick that I'm on. Lovely art style. It's a murder mystery, uh, from what I can tell. I maybe put about 45 minutes into it last night. It seems really good. The writing's really good. Very interesting game. I, I can't see too much about it just now, just the fact that I think it looks really cool. The writing's really good. Um, it's not voice acted, so you do be prepared to do a lot of reading, but as long as you're okay with that and you like a sort of murder mystery... Uh, and a point-and-click game, I would definitely recommend that. It's actually on sale, I checked that before we come on. It's on sale on the PlayStation Store at the moment, I think, for about £5. So if you take a look at it and you're interested, you can certainly pick that up for cheap over the next week, I believe. So yeah, that's really what I've been bidding myself in this week. But what about yourself, Jessica? I know you've been getting into some Animal Crossing.
0: I have. I started Animal Crossing, and I've just clocked that it's five to ten as we're currently recording this, and the shop shuts in five minutes, and I have not sold my fish that I collected earlier.
1: Oh dear! You'll have to take a a wee bit of a dip on that. I've
0: not played it at all today, actually. You'll be proud. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, been busy homeschooling, as we have discussed.
1: Yeah. Um... Some things have to take precedence, though. I like suppose. if you want to, if you want to get maximum money for your fish, you need to abandon those kids. <laughs> and and make sure you're doing what's right for your island.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I have been enjoying it. Um, I, I was a bit sceptical, shall we say, at first of, of playing it. I didn't really get, yeah. get it, but I'm definitely...
1: It's it's weird. It's one of those games, I think, that the first couple of hours, you're sort of going through the motions and thinking, is this it? When When does the game begin? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just doing chores here, but then it's it's almost like seamlessly it evolves and the chores become the game and you you're having fun but you don't really realize how much fun you're having until you're just you clock yourself sitting there going just one more fish just one more fish the next one will be a good fish the next one will be a good fish oh, i just just one more set of nuke miles like yeah it's very moorish yeah. everything about it is built around that one next thing like I was, I remember discussing with someone at one point, and I said, "I mean, I never really—I don't think I ever touched any of those Facebook games like Farmville and stuff like that." Oh, yeah. But it almost seems like someone took that idea and just made it really good. And I know that's not the case because Animal Crossing was a, I believe, was around before Farmville. But me coming into it from this game, that's what it seems like. It seems like it has that same appeal. But it's actually good because Nintendo are behind it.
0: Yeah. So, shall we move on to the most anticipated games of twenty twenty one?
1: Yes. Why I think don't
0: we? We will tackle this in sort of date order. So well, dates we do have. Yeah, that's true. Um. So yeah, what's the next thing that we can look forward to?
1: Well. Well. <laughs> Very exciting times ahead in the next eight days or six when this podcast releases, but we are on pretty much the eve of the next Hitman game. Mm. Super exciting time in this household (laughs) because I love Hitman. It's so good. I've always been a, I've always been a huge fan of stealth. I think I said that in last week's podcast when I was talking about Ghost of Tsushima, but I've always been a huge stealth, a stealth fan, and while that initially started with Metal Gear Solid and Tenchu, the first time I played Hitman Two, I was the original Hitman Two, not Hitman Two from twenty eighteen, the original Hitman Two. Silent Assassin, and I was blown away. I remember going into a level, and it was just the openness of it, the way you could tackle it from so many different angles. It just it blew me away. The amount of opportunities to take out your target, I I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and ever since, uh, I've been a huge fan of the series. Even with Absolution, which many thought was a dip for the series, I would agree but I still enjoyed it. Hitman 3 looks incredible. It looks absolutely brilliant, and what IO Interactive are doing is just building on what they had before. They released Hitman, a sort of reboot of Hitman, which was episodic in 2016. Over the course of I think it was about a year they released five or six episodes. Then In 2018, they released Hitman 2. This time, it was a very similar model, except they brought out all episodes at once. So it was still just like six maps, very similar challenges along the same lines. It was very, very much formulaic, but they brought it out all at once uh, after the sort of backlash to the episodic approach of the first game. But what was really cool was when you bought Hitman 2, if you owned the first Hitman, you could import all those levels with the upgrades from the second game. Mm,
0: does ring a bell, I
1: remember. And so with Hitman 3, they're doing the same thing. Oh, cool. You can import everything from Hitman and Hitman 2 and it'll be upgraded to 4K on PlayStation 5. I think there's I think it's 60 FPS. All the the bells and whistles that are coming with Hitman 3 are going to be sort of projected onto Hitman 1 and 2, which is just incredible value. And what they do is IO Interactive, they bring out like weekly assassination contracts and stuff like that. So that, instead of having only the six, I believe it's six in Hitman 3, the six maps to work with, they can go back through the whole catalogue and use any map from Hitman 1, 2, or 3, or any of the DLCs, that came with it so it really is going to be the ultimate stealth package and to make it even more incredible they have made the entire Hitman 3 2 and 1 level database available in PSVR so you're going to be able to play all three games in VR which i mean I'm I've always been a big big supporter of VR but you don't get that many AAA releases, and I have always wanted that like a real good stealth game in VR. Budget cuts came out last year, and it's good, very good, but it it doesn't make you feel like an like an assassin or anything like that. And this looks, it looks like it's going to do that. I mean, the trailer looks absolutely incredible absolutely incredible so i hope it can deliver but even i mean the vr element's just an add-on uh, even if the vr shits the bed like you've still got the base game which i can't see being anything less than incredible so i'm buzzing for this this is honestly probably my most anticipated game of the year and not just because it's so close
0: you're not going to go as far as shave your head and get a barcode tattoo are you
1: Well, I mean, I don't have much hair left, so that wouldn't be much of a stretch, and I'm not above tattooing my head.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I assume that's how you're going to spend the remainder of your January. Is there anything else coming out this month?
1: There is, yeah. I mean, I will be knee-deep in that in January. In fact, I'm talking about not wanting to finish Cyberpunk 2077, but it might be an idea for me to finish that and for Hitman coming out, just so that I can get lost in that. Uh, that might be what actually takes me away from it. But also, on January 28th, the Medium comes out, which is, it's not technically exclusive, it's a timed exclusive, but at launch, it's going to be exclusive to Xbox. It's their first, certainly first big xbox exclusive of the year some would argue of the new generation they did have football manager and a few other things but this i would say is the most high profile xbox exclusive to come out since the generation started it looks good it's hard it's hard to say it's made by Blooper Team. Their previous game was Blair Witch, which I thought previewed really well. It looked very much like the films. It looked quite intense, quite nerve-wracking, quite scary. But then when you played it, it was just quite empty. I thought it was quite a disappointment, actually. I was, I was based on what I was expecting, maybe I just had, my expectations were too high, but... I thought it under-delivered, so I do have a little bit of pause coming into this. Just wondering if they will be able to deliver on this occasion, but it certainly looks like a step up from Blair Witch. This one's going to be third-person, which certainly helps my interest in it. I do prefer third-person to first-person. They are promising a dual-reality gameplay the same two words, two worlds will be rendered simultaneously. So top and bottom of the screen, I think it's almost like from what I've seen in, in small bits of gameplay, it's almost like you're in two dimensions at one time. It does look quite scary. Th- it will be I, I, see. To be honest, it's it's made this list because I think it's a very interesting release. Because I think, I think Xbox are relying on this to do quite well. Like I say, this is their probably their biggest Xbox Series X slash S exclusive of the generation and we don't have firm dates on much else that's gonna be exclusive so for that console at the moment. So I think they are really hoping that it's gonna that it's gonna land and it'll be interesting to see if it can deliver. So I'll definitely be checking it out.
0: So noteworthy in February is Little Nightmares 2?
1: Yep, it comes out on February 11th. I'm really, really looking forward to this one. I haven't actually, I don't think I've even watched the trailer for it. And that's simply because I played through the first game, I loved the first game, and I'm all in on a sequel. I saw enough to see that it's very much in a similar vein. It's going to be sort of, Two D platformer, wouldn't? It? It's a puzzle platformer. Um, would be probably the more accurate description. Um, but it's just it's quirky, it's weird, it's not scary, but it's it's intense. It's it's brilliant. I, I really loved the first game, and I've been looking forward to this ever since it was announced. And to know that this is so close is is brilliant. I'll be I'll be on this one day one for sure.
0: Okay, um. so then there's like a little bit of a gap, obviously there are games still coming out, but um, next on our list isn't until May the 21st, and that's Deathloop.
1: Yep, Deathloop is the next game from Arcane. they made the Dishonored games, most notably. It's because of the Dishonored, I mean, it's because the trailers look really cool, but it's mainly because of the Dishonored games that I'm looking forward to this one so much. I love Dishonored 1, 2, and Death of the Outsider. They're criminally underplayed games. Absolutely brilliant. Really underrated stealth games as well. You can go through them in a more action-orientated way, but I always played those games. Zero kills, zero alerts, like the whole shebang. I think I've got Platinum in all three, I believe. Certainly, if you go across both accounts, I would. But I think in my new account, I have all three just... Absolutely brilliant games, and there's certainly a lot of the Dishonored DNA in Deathloop. It looks really stylish. The gameplay, you can see there's a lot of Dishonored in it. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is that it appears to be the Dishonored gameplay without the stealth. It's much more fast-paced, much more in-your-face sort of thing. Um, which I never played Dishonored that way uh, very often. I did for a few trophy-related things, but not if I could help it. So it'll be interesting to sort of tackle that type of game in that way, but it looks, I mean, its it just looks brilliant, so I'll, I'll be all over Deathloop for sure as soon as that comes out. Also, it's interesting to note that that will be surely by that point an Xbox-owned studio putting a game exclusively out on PlayStation, because by that point Bethesda should be owned by Microsoft, but the deal for exclusivity on Deathloop and a game that we're going to talk about later on, Ghostwire Tokyo, were signed before Microsoft came on the scene. So there's a very high possibility that you are going to see the Microsoft splash screen come up on PlayStation and it's going to be a Microsoft-exclusive game that is only on PlayStation for probably at least a year, which is interesting. Yeah,
0: that'll be interesting to see how the sort of PR around that works and, yeah, how how they'll push it. Definitely. Okay, so we don't have an exact date for Far Cry 6, but rumour is that it's going to come out spring-summer time.
1: Yeah... We did initially have a date, I don't have it written down in front of me, but I I believe it was initially going to come out in February, but it was delayed until a further date, but there was rumours circulating that that could be May, although it hasn't been confirmed yet. I mean, it looks like more Far Cry, but more Far Cry is a good thing. It's an open world first person shooter, it's always got a crazy story, a crazy villain, just completely over-the-top, mad gameplay. I I love all the Far Cry games. This one, uh, the villain is Giancarlo Esposito, who is in The Mandalorian and The Boys, which we watched recently. Oh. He's excellent, and I think he'll bring a lot to Far Cry 6. The only potential issue I have with that is, in the past, Far Cry is known for having really good villains but often you just don't see enough of them. I remember in Far Cry 3, the the villain's excellent, but you just they don't get enough screen time, and I hope that isn't the case in Far Cry 6. I hope he plays more more of a pivotal role. So there is that. I also, and I was talking to, I can't even remember who it was now on Twitter, in fact it was probably a few people on Twitter, about what we hope to see from Far Cry 6 and one of the things is I am sick of the hallucination scenes. Every single Far Cry game since 3, can't remember the ones before then, there's always a point where you either get drugged or just some madness happens and then there's a 20 minute bit of gameplay of you wandering about like you've just licked a window and got high and it's infuriating no I, one likes yeah, it i
0: do remember, I remember your frustrations during that
1: oh it's just I, I remember the last game would have been far cry new dawn and i remember at one point thinking right we're going to avoid it and then all of a sudden it happened and i just i think i just let it not again not again <laughs> it's there's been formulaic and then there's taken it to the the nth degree, like they they need to cut this out. No one like I've never spoke to anyone that likes these bits in this game and I really just I really just hope they can leave it behind them. Also (sighs) New Dawn didn't do this as much, so I think they did learn from it, but certainly the last core Far Cry game, Far Cry five, one of the issues was when you were going from A to B for to pick up your next mission you would get into a firefight every 100 yards. You couldn't drive two seconds down the road without bumping into six enemies. They just seemed to spawn everywhere. And at first, it was okay, but as the game grew on, you were just like, God, can I just get to the mission? Can I just get away from these guys? But I think they have learned a lesson from that.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Um. Okay, so later on in the year in October. Hopefully we can expect Ghostwire
1: Tokyo. That's what they say, yep. Uh, These sort of release windows were given to us via a sizzle reel at CES. Uh, That's when they sort of gave October as a window for Ghostwire. No specific date. Uh, I don't know an awful lot about Ghostwire Tokyo, but From the trailer I've seen, it looks really interesting. It's maybe the same guys that do the Evil Within games, which are excellent. This one looks like it's leaning more towards action. It's certainly got horror elements in it, but it seems much more action-focused. It's also first-person this time, which, as I've said before, I prefer third-person games, but I'm certainly not against first-person, and if it's done correctly, if it's done well, then I'm sure I'll enjoy it. It looks batshit crazy. It really does. Um, set in Tokyo, it seems from the trailer that I've seen that there's basically almost like demons and spirits and you can see them but other people can't and you're trying to fight them. That's all I could really make from it. It looks really stylish. And yeah, it's along with Deathloop, it's one of these games that is likely to come exclusively to PlayStation for probably about a year in fact I think they actually said it was at least a year and it's going to be a Microsoft game which it might not be the last time we see something similar to that to be honest.
0: Okay so the next few games don't have a specific date released yet but we have been told 2021 at some point so next up is Gran Turismo 7. You're not a massive racing game fan i've no. kind of grew, grew, uh, grown up with um a dad who's very much into to racing so um i've played a lot of, of racing games in my time and um, be really interesting to see what they do with the dual sense <coughs> controller during this game
1: yeah definitely i think that's probably the most interesting part for me as well i'm not a huge racing game fan but at the same point I absolutely love Forza Horizon 4. Mm. I don't think you need to be a racing game fan to love Forza Horizon 4. It's just, it's excellent. And it's it's that, and it's just, it's the Forza series that Gran Turismo need to be looking at now and trying to emulate. For a while it was the other way around, but at this point Forza is the premier racing series for games. And I think Gran Turismo is sort of going to be coming out with like, not a point to prove, but they're going to be trying to come out and, and show that they have what it takes to hang with them. And I think it'll be a good game. I just... I don't know. I, I, I'll I pick it up, certainly. And it is, it's the type of thing where I could end up putting five, ten hours into and then putting down, or it could grab me. Uh, I've been known to get into the odd racing game mm. here and there, but it is few and far between. But certainly for me, it's going to be worth checking out for the dual sense integration alone because I think it's I think it's going to be incredible. Yeah, be really cool. yeah.
0: Okay. So next up is Horizon Forbidden West.
1: Yep. This is a game that, in fact, see, to be honest, probably along with Hitman Three is my most anticipated game of 2021. I absolutely adored Horizon Zero Dawn. It was just such a beautiful, well-presented game, brilliant combat, one of the best stories that I've ever encountered in a game. It possibly came along at the right time for me. The game released at one point, I'd actually had an injury at the time, and I was off work for about a month, and it was right as this game came out, so I just sort of lost myself playing uh, Horizon for that sort of two-week period, and I was blown away. It was one one of, if not the first RPG game that I got into in the first few hours, I I thought I would have dropped off, but it just completely got its hooks in. My hope for Forbidden West is that it's more of the same. I hope they don't rip up the formula, I don't think they will. I'm expecting a similar game, but better graphics, hopefully some improvements. I mean, The gameplay was excellent, but you hope that they expand on it, make it even better. It'll be interesting to see how they handle the story because they told so much of the backstory and how the world had got to the point that it was. That was a lot of the story of the first game. So obviously now when you go into the second game, it'll be a case of expanding on that and I hope that they have enough story to tell because for me in the first game, (sighs) the story was... The best part, and I didn't expect that going into a game where I got to fuck up robot dinosaurs. I expected it to be fun gameplay and just a bit of madness, but the story behind it was was incredible, and I I hope that they can keep that going with the second game. I am a little disappointed that it's going to be in PlayStation 4 as well. It's a smart financial move from Sony, especially considering they can't get PlayStation 5s into nearly enough people's hands. Even if they had planned it to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive, I think it would have been a good idea to roll that back because you would be releasing a game, I think even at the point when it comes out, you would be releasing a game to an audience that isn't as big as it could be and not even because they don't want to upgrade to a PlayStation 5, but because they can't and not just for monetary reasons, but because there's nothing on the shelves. So... It certainly makes sense to release it in PlayStation 4, but it is a bit frustrating knowing that it won't be able to take the full PlayStation 5 power on board.
0: Another PlayStation exclusive that we're hoping to see this year is Ratchet & Clank, a Rift Apart.
1: Yeah, initially we would have expected to see this in the first sort of three months of 2021, I was honestly really surprised when the Game Awards went came and gone and there was no announcement. I really thought we'd have a date by now. Given that that CSS, CES sizzle reel the other day came out and basically didn't give a date and just listed 2021 for Ratchet & Clank, I'm pretty sure now this sort of means that we're going to get it in the second half of the year, but it certainly it seems far enough along that it will come out in 2021. Ratchet & Clank is a very beloved series. I wasn't a huge fan of the older games, but the release in 2016 really pulled me in. It just it looked like a Pixar movie. It was absolutely gorgeous, played brilliantly. It was not too hard, not too easy. It was just everything about it was just the right length. I thought it was excellent. Even I mean I remember one of the first games that we introduced our son to, uh, there was a shoot you could go down in one of the first oh, couple yeah. of levels. <laughs> and he just went up and down and He was up. only
0: like two or three or something. Oh was my god.
1: I, I just I he would I would get to the top. I can't remember it was like the first or second world. And I would get to the top, give the controller to him and he would push the button forward so that he could go down the chute and he'd giggle away and then as soon as he got to the bottom i had to climb this bastard thing again but it, it was brilliant the, the 2016 game was excellent and this looks like it's basically that again but even better it's going to be exclusive to playstation 5 and that's because there's a mechanic where you can jump from world to world and it has to use the ps5 ssd so that there's no load times when you're jumping from world to world, so it wouldn't possibly run on a PlayStation 4, and I think that's one of the most exciting things about it as well, is that it is a true next-gen exclusive, and so I'm very much looking forward to that one.
0: Okay, last up on our kind of main list is Gotham Knights.
1: Yeah, I've got mixed feelings about Gotham Knights. I... I think I was in the minority who loved Arkham Knight. It seems to be the least liked of the three core games, but I I really loved it. I didn't the battle wheel didn't bother me, I actually quite enjoyed it. Ever since that game I have been waiting for the next installment and it's been quite the wait. It just it felt like it was n- <laughs> every year it felt like Surely, we've got to hear something. Surely, there's an announcement coming. So, finally, we got an announcement Gotham Knights. It looks like the same, a very similar gameplay. You're, Batman's actually not in this one, which is interesting, and it has a heavy focus on co op. That is the main problem I potentially have with it. I have no interest in playing a action game in co-op I just I, I prefer I game at weird times I game intermittently like I will play for five minutes and then I have something to do for five minutes and I'll come back to it so the way I game isn't conducive to playing alongside someone else so they have said that you'll be able to play through solo I believe them I think you will be able to, but whether you feel like you're getting a worse experience by playing yourself is yet to be seen. And that's my worry about the game, is that when I play, it will feel like I'm getting a worse experience because I'm playing myself. But if that isn't the case, then I'm really looking forward to this. I'm not not convinced, though, that it will release in 2021. We haven't seen too much of it and it just seems like one of these games that could slip into the next year.
0: Yes, well we shall wait and see. Okay, there's another couple of games that we'll just kind of run through that we think are worth a shout out that are hopefully coming in 2021 as well. So first up, Hogwarts Legacy.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, although we have been watching some of the films yeah, recently <laughs> uh, with the kids and it's sort of I don't know, I mean I didn't dislike the films at the time but when we've had them on recently I've been a wee bit more interested in it I think the, the sort of world is quite interesting so an RPG where you get to create your own wizard and live at Hogwarts and go about, it sounds like it could be quite cool. Yeah
0: definitely, cool. I think I'll I'd certainly be interested in playing it. Yeah. I think it's meant to be more about like Hogwarts rather than you know Harry Potter. Um, yeah, definitely. I which, which definitely is a kind of different angle on it. Um, yeah,
1: it's. Don't jump down my throat if this is wrong, anyone. But I believe it's made by the people that made Disney Infinity.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's gonna be interesting because that's quite a step up. Like Disney Infinity was okay, but it was no technical marvel, mm-hmm. and this seems like a much more triple A big budget, just bigger game to tackle. And I wonder, it it, it remains to be seen if, no offence to them, but it remains to be seen if they're capable of it. But hopefully it comes together.
0: Okay, also Resident Evil Village.
1: Yep, I'm looking forward to this one. Since Resident Evil 7, we have had the remakes of 2 and 3, but this is going back to the first person sort of perspective that was in Resident Evil 7. Resident Evil 7 was fucking terrifying. Oh, I remember when that game first came out, I streamed the first hour of the game. I nearly shit myself, honestly. I, I don't get scared at films or games generally, but that game was genuinely terrifying. Mm. It was available in VR as well, which I tried briefly and thought... No chance. Yeah,
0: I think you you stuck the headset on me as well for a laugh to see how that was. That was <laughs> yeah. Resident Evil. That was the yeah. demo. Yeah. So will this one be in VR as well?
1: They haven't said they did. I I thought there would be no chance to be honest because it takes a lot of work and there's not that many PSVR headsets out in the wild. But they did make a comment about how putting VR into Resident Evil 7 was like a a success and they thought it was a financial success. So hopefully. Certainly be good if they did.
0: Wait and see. We are pretty big fans of Sherlock Holmes. So Sherlock Holmes chapter one shall be interesting.
1: Yeah, this is one that's probably not likely to make many people's most anticipated lists. But I really like the other Sherlock Holmes games. They're not... A by any means, uh, but I just I love detective stuff, I really do, and they're they're certainly going out on a limb with this one, they are making it a more sort of open world apparently, I don't think it's going to, I mean, it's not going to be a GTA map or anything, but it's supposed to be a lot more open-ended, a lot not linear, um, and it's Sherlock Holmes chapter one, I believe it's going to be, I think there's going to be two or three chapters to it, um they haven't gave any sort of date it was just a, it was just a short trailer i saw but it was enough to pique my interest i have played the previous games and, and enjoyed them so hopefully this seems like a sort of again them expanding as a studio and expanding with that franchise and hopefully hopefully they can make a good game
0: yeah definitely um, so there's some DLC coming for Cuphead as well
1: yeah um i don't like talking about Cuphead but i Decided I'd put this in just in case our son decides to listen back to his mum and dad in in years to come. (laughs) The Delicious Last Course has been coming for a long time. I believe it was first announced about two years ago. Uh, It was supposed to come out in 2019, I think. It was certainly supposed to come out in 2020, and it just keeps drifting. I think, basically, the team made such a masterpiece with Cuphead, and they managed to keep it so true to the old Disney style of cartoons with animation that I think they're just spending a lot of time. Like they've got a lot. When Cuphead came out, there was no, there was expectations, but they hadn't met expectations yet. And I think now they have something to live up to, Mm -hmm. and so they're probably just perfecting it. But I do think we'll see it in the first half of twenty twenty one.
0: We'll have to buy it, obviously.
1: Yes, we will have to buy it.
0: (laughs) Okay, so another game that I know certainly we are both keen to play, and also one of our listeners at sjhollis Hollis underscore on Twitter is Kenna Bridge of Spirits.
1: Yeah, um, this is one that actually totally went off my radar. I saw the reveal trailer when it was first released, and the game looks gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. it really does. It, it
0: reminds me of a little, almost like a mix between like Disney's Frozen and Moana, with a bit of like I don't know yeah girl boss thrown in there like yeah
1: it, it's it does it I mean like I think I remarked to you at one point like I would genuinely just play it based on how good it looks it's one of these things like the animation just looks yeah, it does. looks lovely it's a it's a third person action adventure game I don't know too much about it I know that you play as Kenna who's supposed to be a spirit guide uh, and she's supposed to help deceased people move from like the physical to the spirit world like that's basically the extent of what i know but it looks like a really fun game uh, and i'm definitely interested in playing it and the fact that it's coming out in march we don't have long to wait Like we, we are getting to the point now where we're, we're seeing pretty much big games dated for each month in 2021 which is really exciting
0: yeah definitely Okay, and last up on our most anticipated games of 2021, and certainly one that one of our listeners, James aka Fluffit underscore Prince, is keen to see, is God of War.
1: Yep, the new God of War, it's God of War Ragnarok. (laughs) Certainly this will be up there with the most anticipated games of 2021. I think the only reason, really, that it didn't make our sort of main part of the list is because I, along with quite a lot of other people, think there's a, a very good chance that this doesn't make 2021. Sony already have a great lineup of exclusives for this year, and the fact that the game was shown off late last year with only a splash screen suggests that it's not as far along as it needs to be. I honestly think they probably announced it for 2021, knowing full well that it was not going to hit that year just to sort of get the hype train going. Um, And even if they did have the best of intentions, I think it will slip into 2022. But it should be another incredible game. I make some jokes about it being a 7 out of 10 game, but it's clearly not a 7 out of 10 game. It is a very good game. And I'm sure that the new one will be incredible. They haven't confirmed yet whether it's going to be PlayStation 5 exclusive or whether it will make its way to PlayStation 4 the heavy rumors are that it will be cross gen uh, which I know will disappoint some people but um but yeah no it's it's definitely one that many will be looking forward to
0: okay and that wraps up our list for anticipated games of 2021 um are there any other things you think we'll see happening in 2021? Some predictions, some rumours that might come to fruition?
1: I mean, we could probably do a whole separate podcast on predictions for 2021, but there's there's two things that I would like to put forward, and they're both, I mean, they've been said by numerous people throughout. It's not like I'm, I'm breaking ground here, but I do think 2021 will be the year where Sony finally buys Bluepoint. I think it it just makes too much sense for them not to. They have such a close relationship. Bluepoint have proved themselves on numerous occasions. They're an amazing, They're the best port studio. They're just they do incredible work, and it baffles me that Sony haven't bought them so far. But certainly off the back of Demon Souls, which was a PlayStation Five launch game. I think they will be acquired within the next six months and hopefully from that point we can see some more legendary games revived. Also, I think that Sony are going to reveal their version of Game Pass. Now, this isn't necessarily silly news. Uh, Sony have hinted that a Game Pass response is coming, but I think the way they'll tackle it is with a more robust PlayStation Now I don't think they will go as aggressively as Microsoft have. I don't think we're going to see Sony first-party games on the service day one. But I do think we will get a situation where maybe after six or 12 months, you see Sony first-party games appear on the service. It just... Sony exclusives, they sell too well at the moment, they believe in too much money on the table, but it does make sense. With this PlayStation Now collection that's came out, I think that's sort of the proven ground for it almost. And I think it's almost like the PlayStation Now collection will sort of merge into PlayStation, sorry, the PlayStation Plus collection will merge into PlayStation Now. And I think we'll see a rebranding of sorts, and they will use that to try and counteract what Microsoft has gone on with Game Pass. So that's just two minor, I would say, predictions for 2021. I think those are a few of the things we will see.
0: Well, we shall wait and see if your predictions do indeed come true. Okay, so finally to end the episode, we asked you last week to send us some comments and questions. Uh, James wrote into us and asked if we're interested in covering any retro gaming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, definitely. We've got a lot of ideas for different segments going forward. I think one that we all spoke about was maybe like a gaming book club where either once a week or it could be bi-weekly or once a month, we would sort of choose a game between ourselves and we would go away play some of that game and then come back and talk about it. That would also give the audience a chance to maybe participate as well and send us in their ideas on the game. Now, that could be a game from 20 years ago, 10 years ago. It, it would vary, but we would like to get into some different retro stuff uh, if given the opportunity, yeah.
0: Yep, definitely. Um, Jason also commented and said, I can't believe you left out the clear 2020 game of the year Half-Life.
1: Yeah, Half-Life Alex. To be fair, that was an omission on my part. I haven't completed the game, so I wouldn't have been able to put it in my top 10 list, but it should have had an honorable mention. It should have. I only got to play it recently because our gaming PC had became outdated. It wasn't powerful enough to play Half-Life Alex at a smooth frame rate, but we did recently get a new graphics card, which now does allow us to play that game, but I have, to this point, only put a few hours into it, so I wouldn't have been able to include it in the top ten, but he's right, I should have included it in honorable mentions, because as I've said countless times, I'm a huge fan of VR, and it's fucking incredible, it really is, it's the most in-depth VR game I've ever seen, it's what you would hope to see from VR, and I hope we get more experiences like that.
0: Okay. And there was also a few snarky comments about your feelings on the original Final Fantasy VII, but we'll just gloss over them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to get listener feedback that's wrong. That's <laughs> that's fine. Final Fantasy VII is a piece of shit. But the remake is a very good game, and it's good to see that they managed to right the wrong of the original, and finally deliver on the promise of the story of final fantasy
0: seven and lastly fiona also said that her game of the year was definitely kentucky route zero and it counts because the full tv edition released this year
1: that's right yeah but the first act also released in 2013 so sorry fiona but i'm not having it not one bit uh i did play part of the tv edition uh The Act 1 I thought was really intriguing really really good, really liked it Uh, Act 2 I thought got a little bit off the rails and by the time I stopped in Act 3 it was just descending into madness Um, You're not alone, I've saw quite a few people say that it is their game of the year Uh, they really enjoyed it great, I mean maybe the story's just gone over my head but it's it just got it just got mental i just lost interest um i should go back and finish it at some point but yeah you're entitled to your opinion which is wrong
0: okay so on that note i think we'll wrap things up once again thank you for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this episode as i mentioned at the beginning new podcast episodes will be released on a thursday so make sure you hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts on Also, if you have a spare two minutes, a review would be kindly appreciated as it will very much help support the podcast. Obviously, this is new to us and we do hope to up the production level going forward and we hope you stick around for future episodes. Please do let us know what you'd like to hear from us. As much as we enjoy playing games and talking about games, we want to ensure that you, our listeners, are enjoying it too. So give us a follow on Twitter over at PureDeadGaming.com as we'll be posting some polls and looking for suggestions ahead of each episode. Also, if you'd like to leave any feedback or have any questions or topics you would like to hear about, you can reach out to us on Twitter via DMs or email us at puredeadgaming at gmail.com. If you also want to check out some written reviews by Craig, myself and the team, check out the website vdzemedia.net. And if I've rambled all of that too quickly in my Scottish accent and you miss any of that, I'll make sure to leave a note of all the relevant links and handles in the description box. So once again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. See you next week.